Turn with me, please, in the Scriptures to Romans, the first chapter. Romans chapter 1. We began a series some uh, weeks ago called Living by Faith. And we're uh, excited about it. I said, wow, we were, we were excited about it. Huh? <laughs> it's true. And uh, one of the most exciting things is to think that God might be excited about it. You might say, say what? Jesus is the express image of the Father. Everything he said, everything he did. He said, if you've seen me, You've seen him. And he didn't go on and on about everything that was happening around about him. But you know what he did remark about and was obviously very impressed with, and you could even use the word excited? What? Faith. He would say, I hadn't seen faith like this in the whole country. He said, woman, great is your faith. I mean, that'd be reason enough to, to want to advance in faith right there. Right. To just cause the Lord to get excited. Yeah. Would it be reason, yeah. that alone, yeah. to think that the Master, is Jesus real? Yeah. Does He know you? Yeah. Is it possible He could get excited about you? Yeah. Coming up to another level of trusting Him and believing him and having the confidence to step out and do what he told you to do. Yes. Is it possible? Yes. He could look and go, all right, Keith. Good boy. Do it. Step up. All right, Susie. All right, Tom. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Concerning you. Is it possible? Is it possible? Faith pleases God. Do you want to please him? And oh, when you please him, it's coming back to you. Favor and grace, he's able to do more in our life. He wants to already, but faith allows him to do more. In Romans, first chapter, 15th verse, he said, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I'm ready to preach the gospel. Verse 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. What is the power of God unto salvation? The good news that he talked about he was ready to preach. The anointed word preached to us, taught to us, causes faith to come. And it is the power of God unto salvation. Verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel. Good news about what Jesus has done and what he is. It's revealed from faith 
to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Thank you, Lord. The just shall live by faith. You'll find this same phrase in Habakkuk, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 2, uh, I live by faith. Hebrews 10:38, the just live by faith. I mean, you'll find it in many places. The scripture says in 1 John 5, 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? And this is how it happens. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Even our faith. Our faith. Go with me please to 2 Corinthians 4th chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, go ahead and prepare yourself for shouting and amening and hallelujahs. I believe what we're going to get into tonight, you're going to need a bunch of them. Have a hallelujah ready. Just just, just have it ready. <laughs> a glory to God. Just have your hand right on it there so you can get to it quick. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and about the 13th verse, I believe it is. 2 Corinthians 4.13. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. You show me faith people, I'll show you people that say things. Make decrees, declare things, confess things. It's always been that way. I know it sounds strange to a lot of churchgoers now, but it's only because the church has fallen away from it for generations. It used to be that way, and he never changed. Jesus is the great high priest of our confession. He works with our words. Amen. Do you know how you got born again? How'd you get born again? You believed something in your heart and you confessed something, you declared something with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord. And that was a release of what you believed in your heart that allowed the Holy Spirit to recreate you on the inside. Amen. One of the biggest miracles you'll ever believe for. Amen. Actually a far greater miracle than a healing in the body. Amen. You weren't healed inside. You were recreated. Amen. <laughs> Here's something else you'll shout about. This new creation never gets old. Though the outward man perishes, gets old, wears out, the inward man is renewed day by day. You can develop, you can advance, but you are not one day older aged than you were the moment you got born again. You can't age. 
inside. And one of these days, the power of God is going to so transform this body that it will be a fit vessel for such a spirit. You'll have a body that can't age, that can keep up with your spirit that can't age. I told you to have a hallelujah handy. Huh? True or not? Is that true or not? Is that in the Bible? It is. The Bible said our body will be changed like unto his glorious body. There is a flesh and bone body that you can touch just like this one. Sitting at the right hand of God. The Father. Flesh and bone body. You could touch it just like this. And one of these days, our body, the Bible says, is going to be changed and made just like his. Just like his. And age will no longer be a problem. Now that's something to say hallelujah about that. That's something to shout about. Is it true or not? It's true. It's true. We will no longer be subject to disease. Nor weakness. We will no longer ever say. I just feel a little off today. (laughs) Never again. I feel a little weak. (laughs) Never again. So if you're going to get healed. You better get it now. Because later on. You won't need it. And that's nowhere in my notes. But it's true. And it's something to shout about. We having that same spirit of faith. Keep reading. I believe therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Keep reading. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus. Shall raise up us also by Jesus. And shall present us with you. So I guess I was closer to the text than I thought I was. Somebody say, will absolutely happen happen. with my body. body. It's going to (laughs) happen. Oh, saints, we have something to look forward to. Oh, my, 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 my. In just a few more days, a few more breaths, this is going to be over. We're going to be out of here. And people that have left, you could not get them to come back. (laughs) You could not get them to come back. Because you don't realize how dark this place is and how oppressed it is and how everything is such a struggle and because of sin and the curse and death. You don't realize that because we're born into this. This is all we've known. But you get out of here and experience that. I assure you think, I ain't never going back to that. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) But don't get in a hurry. You'll be out of here soon enough. There's a job to do. You and I are in the thick of it on the front lines. Yeah, it's not always fun and games and it's not always nice, but we, God has called us and anointed us, his elite. Come on, are you listening? Good soldiers to accomplish what needs to be done and that requires sometimes enduring some hardness. But we can do it. We can do our tour of duty and accomplish our missions. And get out of here. Yeah. But you don't want to get out of here till you do your job. Amen. 
You don't want to do that. There's a reason why you're alive. Reason why we're here. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and present us with you. Keep reading. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Every All of this, uh, us being raised from the dead, our bodies being changed, all of this will turn out to the glory of God. Amen. People who see us and how God has redeemed us, angels and other beings, they will glorify God Amen. for what he has done with us. And we will glorify him Amen. throughout the ages for what he has done for us. Keep going, verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And this is a whole lot more of my message than I thought it was. <laughs> Keep going. For our light affliction, somebody say light affliction. Light say it again, light affliction. Light now, anytime that folks talk about it is so hard to serve God, it is unbearable, that is absolutely wrong. They have gotten off into some things that's not God. What did the Lord say? Come learn about me. I'm meek and lowly of heart. What did he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Somebody say light. 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 Light affliction. And it's just for a moment. Just for a moment. Works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Keep reading. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Now, are we talking about faith? Oh, yes, we are. Started off talking about we having the same spirit of faith. What does faith do? Faith looks... At the unseen. It chooses not to look. At the seen. We look not. We we actually need to confess this right now. Everybody said out loud. We look not. not At the things which are seen. seen. But we do look. look At the things which are not seen. And then he goes into why. We do it that way. Why do we look at the things. That are not seen. For, because, the things that are seen are what? Temporal, temporary. Other translations bring out they are subject to change. They are changeable and subject to change. Now there's great news there. If you've got a problem in this world that you can see and feel, it's subject to change. If you can see it and feel it, that's a fact. Let's say you felt good and now you feel bad. Well, you know it changed because you used to feel good. If it can change from good to bad, it can change from bad to good. You know it can change. You've already seen it change. (laughs) There are a lot of times you need to look at situations and speak over them and go, this can change. And it will. You need to talk to it. If you can see it and feel it in this realm, it is Not only can it be changed, it's probably changing right now. Everything down here is changing. And that's why we should not focus on it because it's not permanent enough to fix your focus on. 
It's being misled to focus on things down here that are changeable. It will make you unstable. Because you try to, you're focusing on that, and just about time you get settled on it, what happened? It changed. So now what are you going to do? Are you going to follow it? If you follow what you see and what you feel, just about time you settle on that, what's going to happen again? It's going to change again. And if you are looking, now, now look here means to focus. And that's what you live on. That's where you, your mind stays. If you do that, you'll be unstable. Which is why we have decided we're not going to do that. We're not going to focus on the ever-changing world situation and let it put fear into us. We're going to focus on the God who protects us, who has not changed and won't change. No matter what happens in the world, I have the same protector every day of my life. No matter what happens in the money markets. I got the same source every day of my life. Is that right? No matter what happens in the atmosphere or with the food or the drink or the germs or the bacteria or the body, I got the same healer every day and every night. And if I'm going to be stable, I must focus on the things that cannot change. If it can change. I'm foolish to focus on it because I'm going to be up. When it goes up, I'm going to be down when it goes down. And I will not stabilize because it's continuously changing. (laughs) Sometime back, we talked about how the Lord values us. And seeing us through his eyes and what he's given us, that gives us our value. My sense of who I am and my value and what I'm worth doesn't come from what you think about me. I appreciate it if you think good things about me. But you could change your mind. (laughs) You could change your mind. And if, if my whole sense of identity and worth is based on what you think about me, I'm vulnerable. Is that right? If something goes awry with what you think about me, then the rug is pulled out from under my sense of who I am and my value and my worth. No, my value is based on something that cannot change. It's what Jesus paid for me. That has already happened. That will not change. That cannot change. And the reason he did it is because he loved me and he chose me. He did it before I was born. That established my identity and my value and it will never change because he will never change. He will not stop and it makes me secure and it makes me stable. And boy, you need it when you're a preacher on TV (laughs) and you dare to talk about believing for a jet airplane (laughs) because you best be braced. Somebody may write you an ugly letter. Huh? They, they, <laughs> they, somebody may send you an email that's just not kind at all. And if I don't know who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and if my focus is on things that change, 
And instead of endeavoring to be a man of God, pleasing God, I'm something of a politician. Seeking to please people and be the most popular. It undercuts my stability. I'll only be doing good when my poll ratings are high. And how many know something? Tell me about polls. Tell me about polls. How often do polls change? They changed before you printed them out. Is that right? What somebody thinks about you, and they don't know what to think themselves. Come on, sit out loud again. I don't look. I don't focus on things that are seen. But on things that are not seen. Because things that are seen are temporary, changeable, and always changing. I'd be foolish to focus on them. But I look and I fix my gaze on eternal truth that does not change, that cannot change. And I live in victory. I live in victory. I live in holy stability and security. I'm not going through an identity crisis. I don't have to go through a middle age crisis. I don't have to go through any kind of crisis. I'm not trying to find out who I am. The Lord told me who I was. And that's it. That's it. It's not going to change. And I'm ecstatic about who he told me I was. (laughs) Oh, friend, can you see this? Now, if this is new to you, please get that series. What was the name of that series? Precious in His Sight. Get that series. won't cost you a dime. You can download it off the internet. Go back there and get a hard copy of it. Let the Lord build into you so that you get your identity and value straight from Him. Not from your performance. Not from the stuff you own. Not from what other people think about you. You talk about getting free. I said, you talk about getting free. You're no longer a people pleaser. You want to bless people and help them, but you're not dependent on their opinion of you to have a happy life. (laughs) There was a brother, uh, Lester Summerall one time in a meeting there at uh, when I was a student in uh, Rainbow Bible Training Center. He just, he was very demonstrative and, and, uh, At one point, he just stopped and just bellowed. He said, other people's heads is no place for me to look for my happiness. I thought, yeah, he's right. Other people's heads is no place for me to look. Man, there's all kind of stuff goes on in other people's heads. You just stay out of there. Is that right? And, And if you checked it tomorrow, it's different stuff, right? So... (laughs) keep reading keep reading keep reading all this flows together for because we don't look at things that are 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 seen because they change all the time we look at things that are not seen because they are eternal for we know 
that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, talking about this body right here, if it were dissolved, which if the Lord tears is coming much longer, you're going to live out your life and you'll leave your body and you'll be so happy about it and they'll bury this house. And really there's no need in anybody visiting your gravesite because nobody's there. It's really foolish to go sit on a tombstone and talk to somebody. Because nobody's there. Nobody's there. (laughs) I'm not saying you can't go, but just know what's what. If it's dissolved, which is what happens when you put it in the ground, eventually, long enough, it dissolves. But that's not the end of it. Even if it completely dissolved, that's not the end of it. If it is, we have a building of God and house not made with hands. Eternal. Somebody say eternal. Eternal in the heavens. The Bible said there is an earthly body and there's a heavenly body. Keep reading. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. Now I don't have to even ask. You probably did that today. You say, say what? Yeah, you went, ah. Mm. <laughs> huh? You know why? Because this body Thank God for it. We need it. But man, it ain't what we need long term. You wash this face, and what do you got doing? Probably in 30 minutes? Huh? You, you wash your whole body, and what do you need to do? You got to do it again, and you do this, and it lasts for about that long, and then you got to do it again. And, and you got to do it again. You got to do it again. And it's not like it's getting better. <laughs> Especially if you start hitting those higher numbers, you know. And you're a little older, and it's just, man, it just ain't coming back quite as fast. And I know uh, some of you heard my testimony. I was a martial arts practitioner from the time I was, I don't know, what, 10 years old or something. And that's what I was going to do. And, the Lord got a hold of me that I was supposed to be in the ministry, so I left that and I went into that. But then after being in it for, I don't know, uh, 10, 15 years, I thought, well, I want to get back in. So I got back in, and by this time, what am I, I'm in my 30s, 40 years old, something like that. So I, you know, back when I was 16 and 18, I wasn't, I wasn't too bad. I pushed it pretty hard, you know. And so uh, my head still thinks, well, you can do it. <laughs> And I hadn't, <laughs> and I hadn't been working out that much, and I hadn't been doing anything, and and so I got in, I got to sparring, and man, I poured it on, and I still remembered how to do some stuff, and then two weeks later, I got these big bruises, and <laughs> I'm going, oh man, <laughs> it's taking me so much longer to heal up, groaning, <laughs> groaning, oh, yeah, oh. Boy, you did too much. You did too much. You pushed it too far. You went too hard. 
there's going to come a time when you can push your body as far as you want to. And it will still do more. I told you to have a hallelujah ready. That, that was a good place for one right there. Brother uh, Copeland, Kenneth Copeland, tells of uh, the man that he worked under when he worked for Brother Oral Roberts as his pilot and as his car driver. This man was over the crusade. He was the director. And there came a point where he died and went to heaven. And his wife came and got in the middle of the bed and, and yelled at him and, and, and prayed and called him back. And he came back. And his first uh, statement was to her, why in the world <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> That's the first thing he said. Why, why did you do that? He said, he said, I was, uh, I was there. I was there. And back 50 years ago, he had been a track athlete. And he said, I was on this road. He said, you talk about picture perfect. It was a little country road and, and pastures and rolling hills. And there was a fence. He said, but this was no ordinary fence. He said, it looked like engraved mahogany posts. It was just extraordinary. And he said, I felt so good. And for some reason, I thought, I want to run. And he said, I took off running down this road. And he thought, I feel wonderful. And he thought, I'm going to pick it up. So he picked it up. And then he picked it up. He thought, I'm running like when I was 18 years old. And then he went way on beyond what he had ever done. And he thought, he said, I was flying, buddy. I was, I was smoking down through there. And then you say, come back. Come back. You can't leave me. Come back. He said, why? Why did you do it? Why did you bring me back? <laughs> Read it again. We know. Somebody say we know. This is not something we're speculating about. This is not a theory. We know this. If our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Keep reading. In this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. That's what the groaning's about. You don't even know it, but your heart knows it. Your spirit knows it. Amen. There's a better deal than this. <laughs> Verse 3. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Now, we don't want to be just a spirit without a body. Apparently, evil spirits, there are some that way. They don't have a body. Maybe they did at one point. This is, these are things we don't know. But they seek to go into a body. They'd even go into a pig. And even a pig got enough sense to know, I don't want this. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> you ain't living with me. And so they jumped off the cliff. We don't want to be without a body. Being found naked. Keep reading. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, 
being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. Our body has a lot in common with our clothes. Your body's not you. It's the house you live in. It's also compared to a sheath of a sword. That very example is used. Well, the sword's inside the sheath. And actually dying is just like pulling a sword out of a sheath. That's what dying is like. You don't cease to be you. You don't turn into an angel. You just depart. You leave here and go somewhere else. We in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon. And what is it that we groans escape our lips about? We are longing to get free from this mortality, free from this corruption, free from the decay and the death, the aging, the weakness, the susceptibility to disease and all this other stuff. Our heart, even if your head doesn't know it, your heart knows there's something beyond this. There is mortality being swallowed up of life. The scriptures tell us there's coming a time when there will be no more crying, no more pain, no more death, no more dying. We've never been in a place like that, but we're going to be. I said we're going to be, and it's going to go on year after year. Decade after decade, century after century, millennia after millennia. No death, no pain, no sorrow, no dying. The flowers won't die. The trees won't die. The creatures there won't die. And nothing about you from an eyelash to a toenail will ever age, nor be corrupted, nor die. This is what Jesus bought for us when he went to the cross and was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He overcame death. He didn't need it for him. He was already there. (laughs) He got it for you. He got it for me, for all those that would genuinely believe on him and give themselves to him. Hallelujah. Keep going. Verse 5. He that wrought for us the selfsame thing is God, who has given us the earnest of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us is also referred to as the Spirit of life. He is also the spirit of glory by which the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, does he? Does he? Does he? He that raised up Christ by his spirit will also raise us up. But the spirit that moved over Jesus' body in that tomb when for those three days and nights his spirit was gone from there when his spirit came back 
the Holy Spirit came into that tomb and changed his body. Hallelujah. It was the Holy Spirit who was the agent by which the resurrection occurred. And that is the very same spirit inside you now that lives with you 24-7. And so because of this, we get little mini tastes of what's to come. When the Spirit of God moves on you and quickens you, you're getting a little taste of what's coming. The earnest, the first fruits of our inheritance. The earnest of the Spirit. When we see manifestations of healings, manifestations of miracles, the quickening of the Holy Spirit. We might call it getting blessed, whatever you might want to call it. It's a manifestation of the Spirit. It's a manifestation of the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And throughout our life, we get a taste of this. We get a taste of this. We get a taste of this. And one of these days, we're going to get all of it. And when you get all of it, it's going to be so much, your body is going to be changed and become immortal. You might like the sound of immortal. 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 What's your future? Immortality. Incorruptibility. That's your future. What's happening right now is the briefest, shortest thing we'll ever do. A lot of us are half through with it already. We can hold out and be strong. A few more days. A few more years. Finish our job. Can we? Can we? Can we? And next time you groan, you know what's going on. Ah. That's right. That's right. One of these days. I'm getting free from all this. Keep going. Verse 6. Therefore. Knowing all this, therefore, we are always confident, knowing, he keeps using that word, doesn't he? Knowing. Is that what y'all think? No. It's what we know. We know. Well, that's just y'all's opinion. No. If the Bible's true, we know it. It's not an opinion, not a theory. Knowing that while we are at home in the body... We're what? Absent from the Lord. Somebody said, well, I thought the Lord was with us. That's where verse 7 comes in. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Do you see why I took the time to go through all those verses to get to this? Because so many times that verse is pulled out of its context. And applied in many different directions. But we need to see what, how he got to this statement. It was a comment on all he had been talking about. Come on, sit out loud. For we walk by faith. Not by sight. Go with me please to, to John. Third chapter of John. John 3. John 3 is the story of how Nicodemus ruler of the Jews, came to Jesus by night because something was pulling on him. He just knew he had to talk to this man. 
And he came at night because it was extremely unpopular for somebody in his position to be talking to this guy. But he just knew he had to go. Verse 1, John 3, 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and he said, Rabbi, we know. There's that knowing again. When you get to the Lord, you get through guessing. Hmm? And you start knowing some things. Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. All his peers in the Sanhedrin are saying that Jesus is a false prophet. Some of them are saying he's possessed with an evil spirit. I mean, they're saying all kind of ugly stuff about him, but he just has decided that cannot be. These kind of miracles, it has to be God. It has to be God. It has to be God. He couldn't get away from that, so he's got to go see the man. But he does it at night, or maybe nobody could see him. And he's ready to talk to Jesus about these miracles and how that it really is God. Verse 3, Jesus looked at him and said, Verily, verily. Now, he actually didn't say that. That's King James, <laughs> Old English. But it has the idea of absolutely, positively, I'm telling you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And I suspect Nicodemus thought, what? Huh? He came to talk about the miracles. And Jesus just looked at him and said, absolutely, positively, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. Now, this is one of our favorite verses in the whole scripture where we have built up a whole vernacular around the term born again. And you will find the term born again over in Peter. But that's not actually what this says. This word, born again, the word again, is translated some ten other times in the same New Testament, above. Above. And I and you don't always hear me talking about technicalities like this, but to me this is not just a technicality. This, in fact, just a few verses down in this same chapter. This word is translated above. Just a few verses down. I'll show it to you when we get there. But what it literally says is, Jesus told him, absolutely, positively, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born from above. I know that might sound a little strange to years. But it's always been there. It just got adjusted by some English words. Born from above. Now born again is still right too. Like I said. You you will find the term born again over in Peter. But actually here. Born from above. Keep reading. Nicodemus said how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily. He keeps saying, I'm telling you, absolutely, positively, 
Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. And the word there is above. It's the same word for above. I say to you, you must be born from above. That's the way Young's literal translation translates it. Those that are sticklers for the original languages, they all do. They don't say born again. They say born from above. Now, it it is born again. You are born again. But Jesus is emphasizing that you're born again from above. You may not wonder, verse 7, I'm reading Young's literal now, that I said to you, it behooveth you to be born from above. This is the author of Young's Concordance. You reckon he ought to know a thing or two about the languages? And this is how he said it should have been translated. It behooves you to be born from above. Verse 31, skip down. Verse 31. John 3, 31. It says... He that comes from above. Guess which word this is. This is the exact same Greek word that was previously translated again. Same word. Who who is from above is coming is above all. He who is from the earth, from the earth he is and from the earth he speaks. Who uh, He who from the heaven is coming is is above all. What is an emphasis throughout this passage? Above. 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 Jesus is from above. The new birth is from above. Hallelujah. Somebody say from above. From above. Skip down to John 8 23. Chapter 8 and 23. When the rulers of the Jews were fighting with Jesus about these things, he said to them, you are from beneath. I am from above. (laughs) You are of this world. I am not of this world. Now, most people would believe that about Jesus. But what about you? There was a time when you were from beneath. Born of this world, born into the sin and curse and death of it. And when you came to the knowledge of good and evil, you, like everybody else, chose wrong. And you died. And you were born of this death and this curse and this sin. But if you were born again, you were born from above. Oh, hallelujah. You were born from above. And if you're born from above, then you're no longer from beneath. Mm, You are born from above when you're born again. And because you're born from above, our mind should be on the above. Our focus and looking should be on the above that does not change. Walking by faith means walking by the above. Walking by sight means walking by the below. 
focusing on what you see down here and you feel down here. And that determines how you think, how you feel. Walking by faith is the way you get on top of all this. It's the way you rise above it all and can live above it all even though part of your life is still in it. By faith, you can rise above. I'm just going to pause for just a moment. Let those words sink in. Are you born from above? Yes. Should you live from above? Yes. Let me give you some more scriptures. I see you need more scriptures. That's the look on your face. You're like, I, I need more scriptures. Okay, I got them for you. I got them for you. Go with me to Colossians, the third chapter. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. He says, If you then be risen with Christ, are we? What do you do? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Keep going. Set your affection on what? He keeps saying it. He, said, he already said it, but he said it again. On things above, not on things on the earth. What are the things on the earth? They're the things that are seen. Why shouldn't we focus on them? They're going to change for the days out. Right? One way or the other. It'll make me unstable to focus on them. If I try to decide I'm healed based on how I feel. I'm in trouble. If I try to decide whether I'm healed or not based on the report that might come back. I've had a lot of people look at me and say, Brother Keith, pray for me. I'm going to get some tests. Pray for me that I'll get a good report. No, I'm not going to do it. That means your faith is based in that report. No. You need to know what you believe right now before you see or hear anything. And you need to believe the same thing no matter what you hear. Because that report, they're telling you what they just saw. And by the time they tell you what they saw, it has changed. Is that right? One way or the other. That's subject to change. Don't put your faith in things you see or other people see or you feel. You're going to be unstable. Set your affection. Set your mind. Set your heart on what? On things above, not on the things on the earth. For you did die, and your life has been hid with Christ in God. You are dead. Your life is hid with Christ in God. Do you know you can't die? Oh, I lost somebody. You know why you can't die? You already died. You done already did die. <laughs> yeah, Lord Terry's is coming. You'll slip out of your body. That doesn't mean you will die. Yeah. Jesus already tasted death for you. And if you'll walk with the Lord, you can slip out of this body and never even know you died. You don't have to go through this arduous, torturous thing. You'll just realize, wow, I'm feeling good. 
Glory to God. And you'll notice, oh, that's my body over there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Then you'll realize. (laughs) I tell you one thing, when you see it, you'll go, man, I didn't know I looked that bad. (laughs) And you will not miss it. You will go, hey, until the Lord fixes this, I don't even want to see it again. They might as well bury it. That's a good thing for it. (laughs) You'll come back and pick it up when you come with him. When he fixes it and makes it something that can stay with your eternal spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Go to uh, Matthew. Matthew 14. This applies to every day of our life. We walk by faith. Matthew 14 gives us a very vivid, actually dramatic, extraordinary example of walking. Somebody say walking. Walking. Walking by faith. In Matthew 14, Jesus ministered to people and and healed their sick. Down in in verse 15, uh, they were all there for days and they got hungry and there was the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes and thousands of people were fed supernaturally by a miracle. And then verse 22, at the very end of that situation, Straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And so when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. You know, Jesus did a lot of praying. You reckon we need to do a lot of praying too? Absolutely. Just you and the Father communing with him. Longer than five minutes. Not with other stuff going on. Turn the TV off. Don't, don't be answering texts all through the time. You're supposed to be praying, you know. It's disrespectful. It really is. You're talking to somebody more important than anybody else that's going to be texting you. Or any of these other things. So he's praying. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Keep going. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Did you know, just because the Lord sent you to do something, doesn't mean it'll always be smooth sailing? He sent them to do this. This wasn't their idea, was it? He said, no, you guys go on. I want you to go right now. So they loaded up in the boat and they left. Doing what he told them to do, when he told them to do it, and ran right into a storm. The storm wasn't from the Lord. It was the enemy trying to hinder them. You'll see in just a moment, this was a storm stirred up by the enemy. Keep reading. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them doing what? Doing what? Walking. Walking what? On the sea. Now you just stop right here. Sadly, there's a lot of church going people will tell you this is probably just some type of a type or symbolic illustration. But we are too educated 
to actually believe that somebody physically walked on top of the water, we all know that's against the laws of physics, gravity, the density of water, the density of your body ain't happening, hence didn't happen. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about church-going people. There's a lot of church-going people that will tell you, well, you know, did he actually physically walk on the water? I don't know that he did, but that's not the main thing. Wrong. 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 If you don't believe that happened, you probably don't believe in the virgin birth either. Which means you probably don't believe in a literal physical resurrection either. Which means you are not saved. You have not been born from above. And you are in desperate trouble. And one of these days, if you don't get that fixed, you're going to slip out of your body and it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks that you were wrong. You're going to realize something. It's going to be late. I believe this now. Anybody with me in here? I am a believer tonight. I do believe. That God created the heavens and the earth with his spoken word. How did he do it? Ask him. He's God. I do believe he created man. I do believe Jesus literally walked on the H2O. Did it happen? If you don't believe this, you probably don't believe the rest of this either. And this is serious. Whether you believe this or not is no small thing. We're talking about lost or saved. This is very serious. I believe it. I believe it. I believe Jesus was over there on that hillside praying. He communed with the Father for some time. And he got direction to not wait on another boat. Or not wait till in the morning. His boys are out there. They're concerned about this situation. And he. He said I only do. What I see the father do. I only say what I hear him say. So this wasn't just something off the top of his head. As he communed with the father. He saw himself doing this. The father showed him to do this. Ever how it happened. And he walks down the mountainside. And when he gets to the shore, I said, when he gets to the shore, when he got to the shore, he just stepped right off the land onto the water and kept on walking. (laughs) Now, here's the thing we got to get a hold of. He didn't do it as God. This is where a lot of folks miss it. They say, well, he's God. He can do things like that. He's not operating as God. The Bible said he laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. He's doing it as a man. And there should be no question about that point because in a few more minutes, another man who's definitely not God did it too. A man can do it. Because two men did do it. Right? Right? 
So here's the question. How do you do that? How do you walk on the water? If we believe the Bible, we believe it's possible. We believe Jesus and Peter did it. How did they do it? How did they do it? I agree with you. They did it by faith. But with what we've seen in the scriptures tonight, exactly what did that involve? You're going to see it in just a moment here if you don't already. Verse 26. Jesus went to them walking, walking. Somebody say walking. Walking on the sea. The disciples saw him. In case you forgot what he's doing, he told you again. Walking on the sea. And they were troubled. He's off in the distance. There's a storm. They're in the boat. It's pitching. And they said, ooh, it's a ghost. (laughs) Spirit's the word for ghost we would use. Ghost. It's a ghost. Peter, Peter, Peter. You see that? You see that? Oh, man. (laughs) Thomas said, I can't believe it. (laughs) Sorry, Thomas. (laughs) Thomas may give me a head slap when I get to heaven. (laughs) But they were... uh, (laughs) I'm just quoting him. I quoted his words. They were scared. Do you know seeing an amazing miracle will not give you faith? Seeing miracles doesn't give you faith. They're seeing an amazing miracle. And all they got was scared. Tell me how faith comes. Faith doesn't come by seeing things. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing from him. They were troubled. They said, it's a spirit. And they cried out for fear. These are grown men, big old boys, rough, tough fishermen. And they're crying like schoolgirls <laughs> in the middle of a storm. Now, you're laughing, but if you're out there in the dark with a wave slapping you in the face and you see this, what would you do? <laughs> you know you're seeing something, and it ain't natural. And somebody hollered, it's a ghost. And the rest of them figured that's probably what it is, yeah. Ooh, in the middle of a storm at night on the sea. And we got ghosts walking around out here on top of the waves. Oh, they're scared. They're crying out for fear. Verse 27. But straightway Jesus spoke to them and said what he always says. Cheer up, boys. It's me. It's me. Don't be afraid. It's me. And when they heard that voice, their fears were assuaged. But they still got to explain this. What is going on here? He is out here without a boat. Peter said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Man, they are. They're thinking, this is amazing. This is amazing. How is he doing that? And Peter is bold. He says, I want to do it too. Let me do it too. (laughs) And Jesus said, how darest thou think that thou, a mere worm of a mortal, could do what I, the glorious son of God, can. In fine print it said, Do not try this at home. (laughs) 
this means you. This is not for you. No. No. And this is, uh, if you've seen Jesus, if you heard him, you have heard the Father. It's not God trying to push us down and hold us in our place. That we dare not try to rise up and experience the spectacular and the miraculous. When you hear Jesus' response, you hear the voice of the Father and his heart concerning all men for all time. What does he say? Well, come on. Come on. You want to do this? Come on. Let's do it. Didn't Jesus say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you will do also? Didn't he say it? Didn't he say it? This is one of the things he did. And greater works than these shall I do. Because I go to my Father. Now I'm just going to stop right here and tell you though ahead of time, just because you want to try this, (laughs) does not mean it's going to work. I'm going to try it. No, you're going to sink. You'd have to get it in your spirit. That the Lord prompted you to do it. Come on can you see this. You'd have to get it in there. And hear from him. We we talked about this some months ago. How how do you get a miracle? Number one. Hear from him. Don't skip number one. (laughs) And then number two. Do what he said. Then number three. He does. The miracle. So he said come on. And when Peter was come down out of the ship. What did he do? What did he do? The Bible's true. I said the Bible's true. Did he do it? I don't know what size Peter's foot was, but his 12 or 13 or whatever it was stepped out of that boat. And he did not sink. And he put the other foot on. And the wind, the wind's blowing and the waves are moving. I don't know how it felt. Maybe it rocked a little bit. You reckon Peter had a smile on his face? Is he thinking, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, can you believe this, can you believe this, can you, can you, ooh, believe, oh man, feel that wind, oh wow. He walked on the water to go to Jesus and then something happened. What happened? But when he what? Does what you look at affect what you're able to do when he stepped out of the boat what's he looking at he's looking at the one from above hearing the words that came from above and focusing on the above he's able to stay above and walk on top Of what would be impossible for a human being unassisted to walk on top of. Is there a way to get on top of all the debt and the junk? Is there a way to get on top of all the strife and the turmoil that you can't see any way to fix or get out of? Is there a way to get above the symptoms and the pain and the reports and the weakness and the feelings? Is there a way to get on top of it and actually walk on top of it and come out of it? Yes. Yes. 
There's only one way. It's by faith. But you can't see your miracle looking at the pain. Looking at the symptoms. You can't see it. You can't see coming out of debt, looking at your bills, and looking at problems on your job, and a cut in your pay. You can't see it. I said, you can't see it. And while you're focused on and getting upset about what you're seeing and hearing and feeling, it's going to change again and probably get worse. And now you're even more unstable. Why? Because you're looking at things that are seen. You're looking. Is that what happened to Peter? Come on, is that what happened to him? He was looking at the wind. The wind's about to change in just a few minutes. It changed every second. And he was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried saying, Lord, save me. Thank God for the mercy of the Lord. If you get up messed up and I get messed up and we get to looking at the wrong thing and start going down, don't just quit and give up. Don't just drown. Cry for mercy. (laughs) Is that right? Lord, have mercy on me. Help me. I know I shouldn't have been looking at that. I got off. I let myself go. Help me. Help me. Help me. (laughs) That's faith too. If you didn't believe he could help you, you wouldn't even ask. Lord, save me. What did he do? Immediately. 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 Jesus stretched forth his hand. He's still standing on the water. Now, if you think H2O won't support the weight of a man standing on his two feet, How can you pull another man up while you're standing on the water? You can't do it looking down here. You can't do it looking at the water. You can't do it thinking about the wind. You can't do it thinking about the laws of nature and gravity and physics. You can't do it, which is why people who insist that I'm going to be an intellectual and and this is what I know and I know I'm right. They are stuck in the natural and cannot have miracles. Because that's all they're willing to look at. And if that's all you look at, you're stuck. Oh, but when he stepped out of that boat, come on, tell me who he was looking at. Who, Who was he listening to? Who was he? He was looking at the one from above. He was listening to the words from above and enabled him to do something above what was even possible in this natural realm. Hallelujah. He got on top of it. You can get on top of it. I can get on top of it. I don't care what it is, but you can't do it looking at the problem. Sometimes you have to get yourself by the ear and just rip your eyes away from it and say, quit looking at that. Quit. Don't base your faith on that. That's changing by the minute. Quit looking at that. Set your heart, set your affection, set your mind on things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Think about the one that came from above. Think about the words that are coming to you from above. It will pull you up above and put you on top. On top. On top. On top of the bills. On top of the disease. On top of the problem. And as long as you look at the things from above, things that don't change, you can just keep right on walking on the water until you get across that thing and get to the other side. Others have done it. You can too. He caught his hand and he said, oh, you have little faith. Why'd you doubt? You were doing so good. Why'd you doubt? 
What this tells me and you, he didn't have to. This did not have to happen. He could have walked all the way to Jesus and then they could have turned around arm in arm and walked back to the boat. And that's what the Lord wanted him to do. But you can't look at the problem and walk on the water. You can't see your miracle looking at the symptoms. Got to quit talking about them. Quit thinking about them. Look above. In closing, I think Ephesians. Ephesians. Have another hallelujah handy. You're going to need it. You're going to use it. Ephesians. Oh, thank the Lord. I'm a water walker. I can stay on top above it all. How about you? How about you? Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I'm a water walker. I can rise above it all. I can overcome it all. I can get on top. I can live on top. Hallelujah. Not let it pull you under. Right? I'm not living under. I'm not under it. Trying to claw my way out somehow. Jesus already pulled me out. And by faith, I can stay on top. You say, I'm, I'm not trying to walk on the water. I just walk on the water. I'm not trying to get healed. I'm just healed. I'm not trying to get the money to pay my bills. All my needs are met. How, how do you get on top like that? You take a step by faith. And then you keep your mind on the things that don't change. On what he said. On the things above. And don't even let yourself look at this. Then Ephesians. We're told about our current redemptive state. Before I read this, I need to, I need to read this to you from uh, Philippians. You're in Ephesians. Put up Philippians 3, 19 and 20. Philippians 3, 19 talks about people who don't follow God and their, their God is their belly. And their glory is in their shame. And they mind what? They mind what? All they think about. All they talk about. All they see is what they feel. Touch down here. They mind earthly things. Verse 20. For our conversation. And that's, that's kind of like that word. Again that we were talking about. This word is actually the word. Polytuma. And it's the word. Citizenship. Our citizenship, and again, Young's literal says that, our citizenship is in heaven, whence also a Savior we await, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're thankful for the U.S. If you travel some, you're even more thankful for it. It's one of the most wonderful countries there is. But it's only here for a little bit longer. Soon and very soon, there will be none of the countries that are here now. None of the nations. All of this is going away. And in time to come, nobody will think much about you were a citizen of this or that or the other. Because it won't even exist anymore. Kind of like Rome. Rome existed for centuries and centuries. 
the nation that covered everything, but that, you know, biggest one in the, on the planet is not here anymore. But you and I are citizens of heaven right now. Our name is in the ledger. We have rights as a citizen of heaven. Why do you say that? Because that, that helps you not to be mindful of earthly things. Thank God for anything that you get to enjoy down here, but your good stuff is over there. And everything down here is decaying and passing away and everything, everything. So it's just all temporary. So why should I cry for three weeks about a a irreplaceable vase that got cracked and busted? Or somebody ran into your favorite car and they messed it up and you go, oh, that was my baby. You're not going to take that car with you when you leave here. Said you wouldn't want to. In a few years, it's going to be shot. Is that right? It's rusting. It's wearing out. You're not going to want it. Everything down here is temporary. Your good stuff is over there. They're working on your mansion right now. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Didn't he say it? Didn't he say it? Your good stuff is there. You talking about your good china? You wait till you see that. Your good sheets, your good furniture, your good stuff. It's stuff that won't wear out. It's stuff that won't fade. And when you live with that reality, you don't mind earthly things like people do. If you lose something, something gets broke, something gets tore up, you just go, ah, it's just stuff. It's just stuff. You won't cry. You won't have a fit. Because it's just, you, you know what it means. Somebody said out loud, my citizenship, my citizenship is, in is in heaven. Now Ephesians. Go to Ephesians, please. Ephesians, chapter 1. I'm going to read from the Living Bible. Well, maybe this is verse 1. I've never stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Asking God, the glorious Father, to give you wisdom. And skip down to verse, that was 17, I think. Down to verse 18. I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so you can see something of the future he has called you to share. He's been doing that with us tonight. Hasn't he? Giving us a glimpse of our future. I want you to realize that God has been made rich because we who are Christ have been given to him. Do you know we are a big part of what makes God rich? We are a big part of what makes Him rich. We are more important than a planet. We are rare, precious treasures that will exist forever. We're a big part of His glory. We're a big part of what makes Him rich. His rich and His glorious inheritance. The Living Bible I'm reading. He said, uh, I pray that you'll begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. It's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. Far, far above any other king or ruler or dictator or leader. His honor is far more glorious than that of anyone else, either in this world or in the world to come. And God has put all things 
under his feet and made him the supreme head of the church, which is his body filled with himself, the author and giver of everything everywhere. This is our current position in Christ. If you skip to the second chapter, this flows all the way through this book. But chapter 2 and verse 6 of Ephesians says, He has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How do you get there? He put us there by what he did. How do you receive it? Just by faith. And accepting it by faith causes your spirit to rise above. Somebody say rise above. And he has put all things under his feet. The feet are in the body. Jesus is the head. We are the body. All these things are under his feet. How can you walk upon it? Jesus, when he sent his disciples out and gave them authority. He said, you'll tread on serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Didn't he say it? By faith, instead of struggling under it, you can say, no, I'm in Christ and he's in me. I'm above it. I take my place above it and you step out just like he stepped out to step on the water. It can't be done. It can be done. They did it. I said they did it. And you'll step out by faith and the Spirit of God will buoy you up. Hallelujah. He will bring you up. And the next thing you know, you'll be looking down on what was on top of you. Hallelujah. Under my feet. Under my feet. Hallelujah. I tread on serpents. And scorpions. Above. On top. Walking upon that. Which can't be done in the natural. But looking on that which is above. It can be done. Has been done. Is being done. Oh somebody say I believe it. Somebody say I believe it. Do you believe it? Philippians says. God has highly exalted him, Philippians 2, 9, and given him a name, which is above every name. That at the name, whatever you're dealing with has got a name. I said it's got a name, but it's under that name. I said it's under that name. If you have that name, that name puts you above that other name. At the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow of things or beings in heaven and beings in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is it possible for the Spirit of God to raise you up as you take your place in Christ? As you believe it? As you're willing to step out over the aching void with nothing underneath your feet but the Word of God? If he says, come, I'm coming. Here we go. Is that right? Here we go. Here we go. It can't be done. It can't be done. They'll shout. You say, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Can't be done. Can't be done. It can be done. If you'll get your eyes off of these things down here that you see and feel and let your eyes get on him and keep your eyes on him. 
Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he who's begun a good work in you, he will perform it. He will complete it. He will cause you to soar above it. Somebody say, I can do all things. Stand on your feet while you say, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.